Okay, so we're going to pick it up from the Mishnah, Daf Mem Aleph Amid Aleph. The Mishnah says like this, the Mishnah says that if someone does chalitza to a woman, so as we said in the previous Mishnah, if you do chalitza to a woman, you're rabbinically forbidden to marry her relatives. So you did chalitza to a woman, and after you did chalitza, your brother marries her sister, Umais, and dies. So the woman who falls to you to do yibam is the sister of the woman he did chalitza, which you're rabbinically forbidden to marry. So you're now to do yibam. So chalitza is v'loy misabemis. You do chalitza. Because you can't do yibam, because she's again, he's a sister of the woman he did chalitza to. Then the Mishnah says an obvious case, which is we had in the first Mishnah, hamagarish es ishtay v'nasa achavisachoso umeis, that if let's say you marry a woman, you divorce her, and then your brother marries her sister and dies. So the woman who falls to you is your wife's sister. So the halacha is your aser da'iraisa to marry such a woman, so you can't do yibam, and you don't have to do chalitza either, your potter, because she's an erva. Uh, it's, it's simple, that's what we had in the first Mishnah. Then the Mishnah says like this, So what happens is like this, you have a woman who falls to two brothers for Yibam. So Rachel falls to Reuben and Shimon. Reuben and Shimon, one of them has to do Yibam. So before they do Yibam, there's Zika, so they're both sort of engaged to her. Then while they're waiting to do Yibam, Reuben is Mekadesh, Rachel's sister. So here's the problem. He has Zika to the first sister, and he's married he did Kedushin to the second sister. So he's sort of stuck. He can't live with his wife, that he was Mekadish, because she's the sister of the woman she he has Zika with. He's sort of borderline engaged to both sisters. So the only way to make it okay, so again, so he has Zika to Rachel, and he was Mekadish Leia. So he can't live with Leia, his wife, because he's connected to Rachel. He's connected to two sisters. So what he has to do is he needs the relationship between him and Rachel to be severed. He needs the Zika removed. The way to remove the Zika is if the brother does Yibam or Chalitza. If the brother does Yibam or Chalitza, then Rachel's out of the picture, because Shimon does Yibam or Chalitza with Rachel, rendering him able to then live with his wife, Leia. So the Mishnah says, Rav Yudah ben Maseira says, we tell the person, Hamten, wait, your brother can help you. Because the brother is If the brother does chalitza or yibam, so he takes the sister out of the picture, so then he can marry his, he could live with his wife. Or, or another way to get the, the Rachel out of the picture is instead of the brother doing yibam or chalitza, if Rachel dies. If Rachel dies, then she's out of the picture, he could live with his wife. But but if his brother dies, so now there's no one else to do Yibam or Chalitza, now it's on him. So now he has his wife, which is Leah, and he's Zokuk, he has Rachel who felt him to do Yibam, so now he's stuck. See, he can't live with his wife, because she's the sister of the woman he had Zika with. He, ha- he can't do Yibam because it's marrying two sisters. So what does he do? He's messed up. He says, He has to do chalitza on that woman, he has to divorce his wife. So he gets the short straw. That, that's the halacha. Says the Gemara, The Mishnah start off by giving two cases. One is where you, the one who fell to Yibam is the sister of the woman he did chalitza, which is rabbinically forbidden. Then the Mishnah said, uh, your wife's sister falls you to Yibam. So the Gemara says, why v'chein? V'chein means that like they're both connected. They're not the same. One's biblical, one's rabbinic. So the Gemara says, okay, ema avol hamagarish. Okay, change it to avol. Amrei Shlagash, Yishok spoke it out. Kanchan Rebbe, achayis gurushim medivri, tayra achayis chalus medivri, Marrying the wife 
the sister of your divorced wife is biblical, therefore she falls you to yibum your potter legamri. But marrying the sister of the woman you do chalitza is only rabbinic. Therefore, if she falls you, you do chalitza. You don't do yibum because it's only a rabbinic prohibition. Fine. Then the Gemara says like this. That if you're Mekadesh a woman, you're Mekadesh the sister of the woman who fell to you to do Yibam, you say, wait and let the brother help you out. The brother will do Yibam Chalitza and that'll help you out. The Halacha follows Ravidim and Beser. So Gemara says, I have a Kasha. Mesa Ishtay Mahu. Mahu Biyavimta. Meaning like this. Again, the case is you have two brothers and a woman, Rachel, falls to them to do Yibam. So she's connected to both. While they're deciding, Ruvain is Mekadesh, Rachel's sister. So we said it's a problem. Because he's Zakuk to Rachel, he's married to Leah. So it's a problem. So we said, the, what we have to do is the brother has to remove, we got to get the, the, the Yavama out of the picture. So the brother can do Yibam or Chalitza, that would help. She could die. The Gemara wants to know, what if instead of that happening, what if his wife dies? Meaning, again, he has Rachel fell to do Yibam, but he was Mekadesh Leah. What if Leah does? Could he then marry Rachel? Do we say that, yeah, right now, Leah's out of the picture, he should be able to do Yibam? Or do we say no? Do we say that, again, Rachel falls into Yibam, he can marry her, but then he was Mekadesh Leah, so at that point, Rachel's out of the picture, Rachel's forbidden. But now Leah dies, do we say, well, now it's okay? Or do we say, no, once a woman who fell to you to Yibam is also for a moment, she's also forever. Because again, Rachel falls into Yibam, he could marry her. Yeah, he could marry her. Then, then Leah, then he's Mekadesh Leah, so now Rachel's forbidden, but then Leah dies. So do we say, so... Now Rachel's again permitted. Or do we say no, that because there was a period of time where he couldn't do Yibam, she's Asr forever. That's the Gemara Shailas. The Gemara says, it's in Rav and Shmuel. Rav, Rav, Chanin, Adam, Tavai, Rav says it's Mutter, because right now she's Mutter. So you can marry her, you can do Yibam. Shmuel, Rav, Shmuel says it's Asr. So it's Rav and Shmuel. So the Gemara explains. Why does Rav say it's fine in this case when the wife dies? Because she was mother, then she became Asr, then she became mother again. So why not? It's not like she was Asr when she fell to Yibam. When she fell to Yibam, you could marry her. Then she was a period of time where she was Asr, but now she's mother, so it's fine. The middle part, the fact that she's Asr, is irrelevant. That's what Rav says, and it's fine. Shmuel says no. Once a woman's out for a little bit, she's out. So the Gemara says the problem is that there's a Mishnah on Dav Chavtas that kind of sounds like Shmuel. That once a woman is forbidden, she's forbidden forever. So what does Rav do with that Mishnah? Because what does the Mishnah say? Rav The Mishnah says like this, Gimel Achin Sun Mufna. The Mishnah is talking about the following case. You have three brothers, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven and Shimon are married to two sisters. And Levi single. So Reuven and Shimon are married to Rachel Leah, they're sisters. Levi single. So I'll tell you outside the case, and we'll see it inside. Reuven dies. So his wife falls to Yibam. Now, she can't do Yibam to Shimon, because Shimon is married to his sister, to her sister. So she does, so she falls to Levi. She has to do Yibam by Levi. Levi does Mimer. Levi is Mekadasher. So you have Shimon, who's married, but whatever, because you're supposed to do Mimer to, to start. Mimer is supposed to lead to Yibam, right? Rabbinically, you're supposed to do Mimer before you do Yibam. Always Mimer is the Kedushan that Chazal wanted to make Yibam feel more like a classic marriage. So Chazal inst- in- indicated Mimer. Uh, my- my- so Le- uh, Levi did Mimer. So you have Reuven's dead. You have Shimon's wife and 
Levi's Mimer, which is Reuven's widow, they're sisters. Okay. Then Shimon dies. So now Shimon's wife falls to Levi. Now here's the problem. Levi's kind of stuck because he's got Zika. But he, see, he can't do Yivam. He's got two women who, who he's got to take care of. He's got Leah. He's got, he's got Rachel, who he never did Yivam fully with. She's the mimer. He did mimer to her. But then his sister falls from a different marriage. So you got Rachel and Leah falling to him. He's kind of bound to both. You understand? You have Rachel, who he originally did mimer, but he didn't have time to do Yibam yet. And then you have uh, Leah, and you can't marry both because they're sisters, but it's not like that, you know, but, but what are you supposed to do? Do you do Chalitza to both? Do you do? Before he's trying to figure out what to do, Leah dies. So now he's back to Rachel, meaning... Rachel falls into Yibam. He can marry her. He does Mimer. Then Shimon dies. So now Leah's in the picture. It's a problem. But then Leah dies. So it's Mutter, Aser, then Mutter. What's the Halacha? You can't marry her. The Mishnah says you do Chalitza. Oh, so you see that when someone's Mutter, then Aser, then Mutter, it's a problem. So it's not like Rav. Meaning, Rav said that when it's Mutter, Aser, then Mutter, it's allowed because at the end of the day, it's Mutter now. But that Mishnah, which is Mamish, the same case. It's Mutter, Aser, Mutter. And it's a problem. So the Gemara says, Levi cannot do Yibam on Rachel, the one that he did Maimer to, because there was a period of time where he was bound to both. I, right now, it's fine. Lay is dead. Yeah, it's a problem. So what do you see? You see that when you're rejected for a moment, you're rejected forever. So you see, it's not like Rav. So that was the Kasha they asked Rav. Because again, in the case of the Mishnah, where, what's the case of the Mishnah? You're Mekadish, you have a woman who falls, you do Yibam. You can marry her. Then you're Mekadish, her sister. And then, and then, and then she dies. So the question is, could you do Yibam again? Rav said, yeah. It was Mutter, then it's Aser, back to being Mutter. The problem is, this Mishnah says not like that. So, Rav was Ishtik, he was quiet, he didn't have an answer. The Gemara says, Basa de Nafak, after he left, Amar, oh, I should have said, Rav Lazarhi, Damar Kivan Shamdalam, Shah Lamas. He said, I should have said that it just followed Rav Eliezer. Right? What did Rav Eliezer say? Rav Eliezer's Shita is, Rav Eliezer, Rav Lazar. Revelozer. Revelozer's shita is that if a woman is also for a moment, she's also forever. So Rav said, I should have just said it followed Revelozer, meaning I said it's mutter. I, the Misha says Aser, that Misha's following Revelozer. I follow the Rabbonon. What's the Machlegas Revelozer and the Rabbonon? Just, it's important to know because it's going to come up in a moment. The Machlegas is as follows You have a man who divorces his wife, then remarries her. So he's married, divorces, then remarries, then he dies. Can the brother do Yibam? You'll say, well, Why not? The answer is because there was a period of time when they were divorced that that woman was off limits to him, right? More so than any other. Every every brother and every sister in law is usher to you, but when they die, they become mutter. But over here was different because over here they were married, then they got divorced for a year, let's say, and then they got remarried. During that year, she was a single woman that you couldn't marry because she's your sister in law. You know, not in the case of Yibam. So Revelazar feels that because of that period of time, even if later she falls to Yibam, she's also forever. That's Revelazar's take. So you see that Revelazar holds, if you also for a moment, you also forever. The Rabbanans say, no, it's fine, because what do I care what happens when they were divorced? It's fine. So Rav said, so when they pointed to Rav that this mission is not like him, he said, oh, I, have to, I should have said it follows Revelazar. But then the Gemara says, maybe no. 
The Gemara says, "Ei medamer avalaza hecha delo chazib b'shas nafila, vehecha dechazib b'shas nafila miyomer." The Gemara says, "How do you know that this Mishnah follows Ravalaza? What did Ravalaza say? Ravalaza said that if the man got divorced from his wife for a period of time, you're never allowed to do yivum, because Ravalaza looks at it that when you got divorced, she's off limits forever. So when she fell to yivum, the moment that the husband died, she was already aser. In this case of Rav and in the case of the Mishnah, when they fell to yivum, she was mutter." Then she became Aser. Then she became Mutter again. So we're saying, so Rav said it's fine. I, the Misha, says it's a problem. He says, ah, oh, that's Rav Lazar. Maybe Rav Lazar wouldn't say that. Rav Lazar, in Rav Lazar's case, she was Aser from the moment she fell in Yibam. These cases is where she was Mutter, then Aser, then Mutter. So maybe Rav Lazar wouldn't say that. How do you know that Rav Lazar said his view, even in a situation where she started off Mutter? Maybe Rav Lazar only said his Shita when she was Aser from the beginning of Yibam. In Rav Loza's view, she was also from the beginning of Yibam because she became also from the moment of the divorce, which is years past. So how do you say that? Rav, how do you know that Rav Loza w- would extend his shita to this mission? So the Gemara says, "I'll prove it to you." Of course, Rav Loza said it. The Gemara says, no, Rav Lazar Mamish said his shita in all situations. Rav Lazar's shita is that when a woman becomes Aser, even for a moment, she's Aser forever. How do I know this? Because Rav Lazar said Mamish what Shmuel said, right? We started our Gemara with a Machlaikas Rav and Shmuel. In the case where a woman falls, you do Yibam. Rachel falls, you do Yibam. And before you do Yibam, you marry Leah, and then Leah dies. So we had a machlekes. Can you do yibum? Rav says yes. Shmuel said no. Rav Lozer said you cannot do yibum. Rav Lozer mamish said what Shmuel said. So therefore, we know that Rav Lozer shita is that once a woman is aser, she's always aser. So when you have a mission, not like Rav, because Rav said it's mutter, but the mission says it's aser. The mission was following Rav Lozer. Okay. Now the Gemara ends off. Lema Shmuel Ravasi Damik Rav Lozer. Does Shmuel hold like Rav Lazar exclusively? Again, Shmuel Shita is that when a woman is mutter, then aser, then mutter, she's out. That kind of sounds like Rav Lazar. Rav Lazar Shita is that when you're aser for a moment, you're aser forever. So does that mean Shmuel is exclusively following Rav Lazar? The answer is no. The answer is, it could be Shmuel Shita follows the Rabbanon as well. Why? Shmuel's case is where she's mutter, then she's aser, then she's mutter. There's a period of time where she was Aser after death. After the death of the husband, there's a period of time that she's Aser. So Shmuel says she's out. Uh, isn't that not like the Rabbanon? The answer is no. The Rabbanon are discussing the case of Ravalazar where the issue is that years past, the husband divorced her. Ravalazar feels that that's a problem forever. The Rabbanon feels it's not a problem. Why? Because when the husband died, at that moment, the Rabbanon feels she's fine. The Rabbanon feel that there was never a moment of time post-death where she was a problem. So it could be that the Rabbanon would agree with Shmuel. Shmuel's case is where after death she was mutter than aser than mutter. So it could be because there's a moment after death where she's aser, the Rabbanon will agree that, that it's a problem. The Rabbanon were just saying it's not a problem because there was never a point after death where, he, where she was aser. But it could be if there was a point after death where she's aser, they'd agree with Shmuel. So it could be Shmuel works with, according to everybody. Okay, now the rest of the daf is a, is a lot easier. The Mishnah says like this: for three months. The reason being, we don't want you to do yibum chalitza when she might be pregnant, because if she's pregnant, then she may not need yibum chalitza, and you have to wait three months to show that to, to let the pregnancy show. People, women show after three months. Now the Mishnah says the truth is not only do you have to wait to do yibum chalitza for three months, a woman is not allowed to remarry for three months. Meaning, if a woman divorces her husband, she has to wait three months before she remarries. Why? Because 
if she remarries right away, um, she might be pregnant with the first husband's baby, and then she'll deliver seven months later, and they're not going to know, is this a seven-month baby from the second husband or nine-month baby from the first husband, and there's going to be paternity issues. Therefore, you have to wait three months in order to allow the woman to show whether she's pregnant so that people will know who the father is. The Mishnah says, Chinkol shar noshim, all women, lo yisarasu, yinal do kedushin, lo yinasi, yinal do yichud, nesuin, until you wait for three months. It doesn't matter whether they were widowed, whether they were divorced, it doesn't matter whether they were heiresin, meaning... Same thing, right? Husband dies, she can't remarry. Same thing, because we, we have to know who's the father. Now, the Chiddush is, even if a woman lost her husband after Kedushin, meaning... The husband gives her the ring, says, Harema Kudesh asleep, but they don't actually go to the chuppah. So during that time period, they're not allowed to live together because they're not fully married. And then the husband dies. You still have to wait three months. I, she's going to say, I can't be pregnant. I didn't live with my husband. We weren't fully married. We were married halachically, but we didn't, you know, we never lived together. doesn't matter. Chazal made it, you have to wait three months. Chazal instituted, you have to wait three months. That's the Tanakhama Shita. Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. He says, no. Hanesuus yisarsu, barusus yinosu. The Rabbi Yehuda says, no. If you're fully married, you could do kedushin. Because Kedushin, is, there's no problem with paternity. Meaning, if you want to go to a woman after she, her husband dies, and then a week later you want to give her Kedushin, not live with her, just do Kedushin, you could do that. The problem is we don't want you to live with her, because then it could be a problem with paternity. You want to do Kedushin, that's fine. Furthermore, if her first husband, they never lived together, meaning, um, if they never lived together, you could do, you could marry her. Let's say his her first husband, they only did Kedushin, say they lived together. Then you can marry her. Uh, the Gemara in the next Ahmed is going to talk about then the next daf could be talk about. Let's say, let's say she's a child. Let's say she's past menopause. Let's say she she, she there's no way she's pregnant. Then review this. That's fine. I mean, review the holds. There's no special takana that for three months you know, not get married. It's that we want to make sure that there's no problem of pregnancy. If we know that she never became pregnant, meaning that her first husband or never never lived together because they just had kedushin and you're not allowed to live after kedushin before nisu, and then it's fine. Except. In Chutzman areas of Yehuda, except the the marriages in Yehuda, in the areas of Yehuda, they were much more lax, and they would live together sometimes after Kedushin before Nesuin. In Sin, they didn't do this; it wasn't allowed, but they did it. So, because practically they did it, then you have to wait three months. Rav Yaisi says all women are allowed to do Kedushin, because again, Kedushin is not uh, there's no problem with paternity. You could do Mekadesh a woman; you just have to wait to live together. Chutz except for a widow. On the next page, a widow has to wait one month, not because of paternity issues, but because of avelos. You have to mourn your loss of your husband. A woman uh, has one month of avelos after she loses her husband, so she can't remarry because that would be obviously uh, breaking the laws of of avelos. Okay, so the Mishnah said that you're not allowed to do yibum or chalitza for three months. The Gemara says, "Bish yabim." I understand why you can't do yibum for three months. Because maybe she's pregnant and she doesn't need to do yibum, and you'll be living with your sister-in-law and not b'makam mitzvah. I get that. But why can't you do chalitza? Do chalitza If she's not pregnant, you did chalitza. If she's pregnant, so okay, so you did an unnecessary chalitza. What does it hurt? The Gemara says, and who holds that you're allowed to do chalitza even if it turns out? I mean, let's say you do chalitza, then she becomes pregnant, and then she loses the baby. So basically, you did chalitza within the first three months. Is it effective? Rav Yochanan said yes. Retroactively, it's effective. Rish Lakish said no. 
Shalakir says you have to wait for after three months. Chazal instituted that it has to be three months. If you do chalitza within three months, it's not effective retroactively. Rabbi Yechon said it is effective retroactively, meaning you're supposed to wait three months. Let's say you talk away three months. Let's say you did chalitza, and then you find out she's pregnant. Six months later, she loses the baby. So she needs chalitza. So Rabbi Shalakir said, you've got to do chalitza now. The chalitza that you did within the first three months is irrelevant. Rabbi Yechon says, no, it's effective retroactively. So according to Rabbi Yechon, why can't you do chalitza? If she's pregnant, if she's not pregnant, she needs chalitza. If she's pregnant, she doesn't need chalitza. If she loses the baby, it's retroactively valid. So why can't you do chalitza now? What does it hurt to do chalitza? It's not uh, it's spending time. It's not an Aveira. What's the big deal? Lehman Tafetiyot so it means that it's not like Rav because according to Rish Lokish, you have to wait three months. According to Rav it works retroactively. So the fact that the Mishnah does not allow you to do chalitza right away means that it's not like Rav So the Gemara says, V'lav was it with Daf Lamed Hey? And Lamed Hey, we already uh, we already refuted Rav Yechonon. We already said Tiyufta to Rav Yechonon. So why are you worry about Rav Yechonon Shita? It's already rejected. The answer is Leima Mehonami Daf Tiyufta. The Gemara says, well, maybe this mission should be another rejection for Rav Yechonon. So the Gemara says, no. The reason why we don't allow you to do chalitza according to Rav Yechonon is like this: You're going to say to yourself, what does it hurt, right? I'm doing chalitza. What does it hurt? The answer is, it could hurt. I'll tell you why. When you do chalitza, you become pasal kahuna. So if you do chalitza right away, and then she ends up having a baby, so that chalitza was unnecessary, so she can marry a kain. Right? She can marry a kain. But, so you're going to... So she... But the chalitza is irrelevant. No, if she has a baby. You do chalitza, and then she ends up having a baby. So she was never fell to Yibam, because she had a baby. So that means the chalitza was not a waste of time. So you say, okay, what's this? So you waste your time. The answer is no, because now people are going to think that she's Pasal Kahuna, but she's not. So she's going to end up marrying a Kayan, and you're going to have to put out Pashkavilan and put out flyers to say that she's allowed to marry a Kayan. So the, and it's going to cause confusion. So the Gemara says, okay, so do that. So let her marry a Kayan, and we'll put up signs. The answer is, Dilma the answer is, people are going to hear about the Chalitza, but some people are not going to hear that she ended up having a baby. They're just going to hear that she had Chalitza. They're going to find out years later she married a Kayan, and they say, oh, she married a Kayan, she's not allowed to, and people are going to start questioning her paternity. So the reason why we don't allow you to do Chalitza right away is because it, it creates problems with her being Kashul Kahuna. So the Gemara says, what if she's already Pasalakuna? What if she's a divorcee? Meaning, before her husband died, she was married once, she was a divorcee. She was already Pasalakuna. If she's Pasalakuna anyway, what are you worried about? Right, the whole thing is, oh, we don't want people to say she's Pasalakuna. She's already Pasalakuna. She's a divorcee. No, no, meaning she's a divorcee, then she got divorced, then she married this guy, then he died. Then she did chalitza. She said, oh, you can't do chalitza. You have to wait for her to see if she's pregnant. Or do chalitza. Because then people are going to say she's pasakuna. She's already pasakuna because she was a divorcee from the first marriage. So the Gemara says, okay, you're right. The Gemara says, The reason why we don't want her to do chalitza has nothing to do with kahuna. It's because when a woman, when a woman's husband dies for three months until she does chalitza, she's supported from the husband's estate. The second she does chalitza, she's not supported by the husband's estate anymore. So we don't want her to do chalitza early is because she's losing out on her money. Meaning, and it's not, and the Rishonim say, it's not that it's usher, it's just that it would be a really, really bad choice on her part, so we want to protect her. Wait three months, that way you have three months of support from your ex-husband. 
Now the Gemara says, Tinich Nesua, Erisa Grusha Now what happens if she was never fully married to the husband? What if she was only, uh, did Kedushin from the husband? If you do Kedushin before she, she didn't end up, you know, she was Mekadish, a man is Mekadish, gives her a ring, says Mekadish, then he dies. So she falls to Yivam, she's away three months. Why? Because she's going to lose that on the alimony or whatever, what the financial support. She's not supported because they were never fully married. So what, what does she care? So the Gemara says, okay, you're right. The reason why she can't do chalitza right away is El Meshum de Rav Yaisi. It's because of the teaching of Rav Yaisi. There's a man who once came in front of Rav Yaisi. He asked, "Can I do chalitza within three months?" Rabbi said, "No." I have a The person said to Rabbi "Why can't I do chalitza? What does it hurt?" So Karlov Mikra said, "It says in the pasuk, the pasuk says that you do chalitza because he doesn't want to do yibum, which implies you could only do chalitza if yibum is an option. And because during the first three months you're not allowed to do yibum, therefore you can't do chalitza either. Yibum and chalitza are a package deal." You have to be able to do Yibam in order to do Chalitza. So the reason why you can't do Chalitza within the first three months is because you can't do Yibam in the first three months. And they're a package deal. So the Gemara says, are they really a package deal? The Brisa says that if you have a woman who's a Suffolk, she does Chalitza and not Yibam. So what's the case? So the Gemara says, my Sveikas. What does it mean that if she's a suffolk, you can't do yibam, you only do chalitza? So let's go with the first attempt. A suffolk means you're not sure whether she was married to the guy. Meaning, a man gave her kedushin, and it was a suffolk whether it was a good kedushin, and then died. So you don't know if she needs to do yibam. So the halacha is you can't do yibam. But why? Do yibam anyway. There's two choices. She either needs yibam, or she was never married to the guy, so she's single. There's a Shiloh of whether the marriage was valid, meaning she's either single, she was never married, or she was married, her husband dies. Do Yibam anyway. Either marry her anyway. Either you're doing Yibam, or she was never married to the guy, she's a single woman. What does it hurt? No, it's not a sister-in-law. It's two choices, right? A man throws money at the woman, it's not sure whether it gets to her, Suffolk, it's a Suffolk Kedushin. So she's either single or married to your brother. Then the brother dies. So you said, the Gemara says, don't, don't do Yibam. Why not? There's two choices. She's either a single woman, she was never married to your brother, marry her, why not? Or she was married to your brother, do Yibam. She do Yibam and First of all, they never lived together. Who said they lived together? Maybe he died. Maybe he died before. The point is, that can't be the case. So what does it mean in the in the Braisa when it says a Suffolk you do you just do chalitza and ayibim. So the Gemara says, you know what? Elav safish a kiddush achas mishayach hoyis. Any days min kiddush. The cases where he was mekadesh one of two sisters, he doesn't know which one. So obviously, and then and then he dies. So you do chalitza on both sisters. You can't do yibum because you don't know who the. So. Oh, so what do you see? You do chalitza, even though you can't do yibum. So it's not a package deal, right? You understand that's the kasha. So the Gemara says. I'll tell you why it's different. Gemara says it's fundamentally different. I'll tell you why. The case of the Suffolk, you can't do Yibam, right? You do Chalitza. So, oh, you see that Yibam and Chalitza are not a package deal. I thought they had to be a package deal. The answer is, there you can't do Yibam just because you don't know who the wife is. If Elio Novi were to come and to say, I swear, that's the wife, you'd be able to do Yibam and Chalitza with her. 
You could do even with her. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. You just don't know who it is. It's like a Shiloh Metzius. If you were to get a camera footage, you'd be able to ascertain. In this case, though, in the case of the first three months, you can't do Yivam, so you said you can't do Chalitza. Uh, 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 it's a package deal. Well, how is it different? Over here, if Elyonavi were to come and say, she's not pregnant, would you be able to do Yivam? No. Let's say you take a, a, a pregnancy test. It's not pregnant. Could you do Yivam? No. Chazal said, for the first three months, also. It's not just missing information. Meaning, every time there's Yibam, there's Chalitza. If there's no Chalitza, there's no Yibam. There's no Yibam, there's no Chalitza. Therefore, the first three months, because Chazal asked Yibam, you can't do Chalitza. I, in the case of the Safik, you do Chalitza, not Yibam. Because there's nothing wrong with doing Yibam in that case. You just don't have information. If Eliyonov were to come and tell you information, you'd be able to do Yibam, so you could do Chalitza. Over here, even if Eliyonov were to come and say, you know, oh, she's, she's not pregnant. Who cares? She's pregnant, not pregnant. doesn't matter. It's not up to you. Chazal instituted that for three months, it's a problem. They didn't make the three months in order for you to No. Chazal, because of that, they made a hard rule. For three months, it's out. But no matter what, even Correct. Eliyonovi can come and say, you can have all the pregnancy tests in the world. Chazal asked for three months. Therefore, because Chazal asked for three months, definitively. Therefore, you can't do chalitza either. Okay, from here until the end of the Amid, we'll go to the next page. The Gemara now talks about that for the first three months after the husband dies, his estate supports her financially until Yivam and chalitza are done. The reason being very simple. For the first three months, she has to wait to find out if she's pregnant from him, so she's still bound to him. Therefore, his estate has to pay support for the first three months. For the first three months, she gets support from the estate of the husband who passed away. But after three months, because she could do Yivam, he doesn't have to pay anymore. His estate can say, why should we have to pay? You could do Yivam and Chalitza. And she doesn't also get money from the Yavam because they're not married yet. So after three months, she's on her own. Now, what happens if the Yavam refuses to do Yivam? So then... That's not fair, you know. She can't get money from the first husband's estate. The guy's refusing to do Yibam and Chalitza, so now she's like in the cold. So the halacha is, The halacha is, she goes to court, and if the court says that the Yavam has to do Yibam and Chalitza, and he chooses not to, he makes her an aguna, then he has to pay from, the Yavam has to pay from his estate. They take the money. Out. They take the money from the Yavam's estate. Now here's the Shiloh. Nafla Yavam Katan what if the husband dies? She falls to Yibam to a child. So the halach is she has to wait for him to get older in order to either do Yibam or Chalitza. During that time period, she obviously doesn't get money from the estate of the Katan. Because he's a kid. What does he have to pay for? But does she get estate, Does she get money from the first husband's estate? Let's say she has to wait three years for the kid to become old enough. So does the first husband's estate have to pay? Do we say that he has to pay because she's like, for three years, I'm waiting because of you. I'm waiting because of you. Or you get that his estate can say, well, it's not because of me. It's, it's he, the, the brother's too young. It's not my problem. So the halach is machleikas. Chad Omar, Pligiba Rav, Ravacha, Ravacha, Ravina, it's machleikas, Ravina, Ravacha and Ravina. Chad Omar Islay, Vichad Omar Leslay, it's machleikas. Hilchaz Leslay, Nishmaya Kansu. The halach is the husband's estate does not have to pay because they could say, you're punished by God. It's not my problem that the, the kid's younger. It's not my issue. Okay, Tanra Bonan. Yevama Shecholtzula Achim Betoich Shloisha, Srich Lahamtim, Shloisha Chadoshim. Go to the next page. The halacha is that if you did Chalitza within three months, you still have to wait three months. But if you do Chalitza after three months, you don't have to wait. Meaning, after three months, when the husband does Chalitza, when the brother does Chalitza, she can marry right away. The three months are not post-Chalitza. The three months are leading up to Chalitza. It makes a lot of sense. Here's the kasha. 
The three months are from the husband's death, not from the chalitza. Which makes sense. The whole point of the three months is to ascertain whether she's pregnant. So you wait three months from the husband's death, not from the chalitza. Now here's the kasha. Here's the shayla. When it comes to a get, there's a machloikis when you have to wait three months from. One says you have to wait three months from the time the get was written, and one says you have to get uh, wait three months from the time the get was delivered. Now, if you hold it to the, from the time the get was delivered, why? From the moment the get's written, you can't live with your wife anymore. It would invalidate the get. So why do you have to wait three months from the time that the get was delivered? It doesn't make sense. Let's say it's written in, in, in Tishrei, and it was delivered in Nisan. You have to wait three months from Nisan. Why? You haven't been able to live with her some, from the time the moment's written. What's the answer? You have to th- wait three months from the time that the relationship was severed. Halachically, from the time the relationship was severed. So why don't you have to wait three months from the time the chalitza? If you have to wait three months from the time the get was delivered, shouldn't you have to wait three months from the time the chalitza? Meaning, if the whole point is the chazal made it that a chalitza is like a get, so by a get, you have to wait three months from the delivery of the get, so you should have to wait three months from the time of the chalitza. So the Gemara answers, The answer is, it's a good point, but it doesn't make sense. You have to wait three months from the time the get was delivered, but chalitza, you don't have to wait three months from the time the chalitza. Why? From the time you do chalitza, it's after three months. Could you do yibam? If you didn't do chalitza, could you do yibam? Yeah. That means it will allow you, after three months, to live with your sister-in-law. So so you think that we're going to allow you to live with your sister-in-law, and on the other hand, if you do chalitza, you're going to have to wait three months. It doesn't make any sense. If we're allowing you to live with your sister-in-law, if you're allowing you to do yibam after three months, that means that we are definitive that you're not pregnant anymore. If we're going to be makel to allow you to live with your sister-in-law after three months, then if you do chalitza, there's no way we're going to tell you you have to wait three months then. It's, it's not logical. If after three months you could do yibam, then after three months, it doesn't make sense that after doing chalitza you have to wait three months. It, it, it's not logical. If, if, you're, if you're not pregnant regarding yibam, which is a very, very chomer then you're obviously not pregnant when it comes to chalitza as well. I will stop here.